the acknowledgement of country. G'day, I'm Martin Niles, and this is the truth of it, and this is a practice that has exploded in prevalence in workplaces, public places, events right across the country, and people have therefore been asking me about it. I've received several uh, requests to explain this because there's a number of people who say they're uncomfortable with it, and they don't know why, or maybe they're just wondering what they should think of it. And that is because it's not immediately clear-cut. There are many uh, more serious practices associated with Indigenous cultural recognition, like smoking ceremonies, calling up spirits, which has been happening actually at some public events and all that kind of thing. Presumably people can see on the whole that those are bad ideas and best not to participate in. But welcome to country is just one of those things that's less clear. It's not immediately apparent to everybody. But I have given it quite a bit of thought. And those thoughts have led me to the point where I have now made a conscious decision to avoid saying it. Some will say I'm overcautious, but let me explain to you why I've made that decision. It's not out of any prejudice to Indigenous people. Quite the contrary, it's because I'm actually not convinced uh, that it's the right thing to do. And if it's not right, then it's not right for anyone. That's the whole point of finding out what is right and what is wrong. Uh, It's for everyone. Um, There are a few reasons, though, why I'm convinced it's not right. Uh, But one of the reasons is bigger than the others. It is a spiritual reason. Let me explain. The welcome to country is, as you know, about land, ancestors and descendants. Why? Well, there are, uh, we are told that it must include these components because these things are important to Indigenous culture. Uh, to question that is to be told, and this has happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to some of you, is to be told that you are coming from a white perspective and that you don't understand the importance, for example, of the land in Indigenous culture. In other words, the welcome to country arises from a certain foundation of beliefs. It's not random. It's not just a white guy who decided to be nice and polite. It's rooted in certain convictions, in certain worldview uh, that belong to ancient ancient Indigenous convictions and worldview, which contemporary Indigenous people either hold to or don't hold to in varying degrees. They're not some kind of mass who all think the same. Not at all on this stuff. But what convictions and worldview specifically is this that we need to drill down into? Well, let's go to a very good source, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, a great source. Here's a quote from that statement, which will set us on a pathway to finding the answers. Quote, sovereignty is a spiritual notion. It's important, right? A spiritual notion. The ancestral tie between the land, or Mother Nature, and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who were born therefrom, remain attached thereto, and must one day return thither to be united with our ancestors, this link is the basis of the ownership of the soil, or better, of sovereignty. Now, in other words, what you see there is a statement of pagan belief, or a very strong shadow of pagan belief and worldview. And to explain why that matters, I need to explain paganism. So, strap yourselves in. Paganism is a belief system with a few key parts. And one part is this, and this is really at the core of it. Pagan gods are part of the universe. Pagan gods are of the same order of things as the heavens and the earth of creation itself. They are the same stuff that the universe is made out of. They are like created things in that sense. And when I say that, you you know of biblical references that talk in that way, gods like the creation. Yeah, um, that's paganism. Ancient ancient pagan uh, belief systems uh, include a whole range of uh, different things. For example, there could be tribal and indigenous belief systems, and that's obvious. Uh, But also there are those pagan empires like Greece, Babylon, Rome, also forms of paganism. Notice, though, they all have a common trait, and there's common themes that tie these together as pagan, right? And they actually manifest very similar practice as a result. We won't get to that just yet. Um, uh, They all have this common trait. Many gods 
and all of those gods are really part of the stuff of the universe itself. Take ancient Greece. This is a really clear example, partly because we've got so much written about it, right, from, from the primary sources in, as well. From Hesiod's Theogony, quote, The race of venerable gods who rose from the beginning, whom the spacious heaven and earth produced. See? Gods who are part of the heaven and earth paradigm, who are part of the same stuff. Um, notice that they're produced by the heavens and the earth. Or you can take the ancient Babylonian myth where you find a very similar sort of connection between gods and stuff, where Namu, the lady of the gods, is giving birth to the universe and she's described as a primeval sea out of which the gods and out of which the creation emerged. The same stuff, right? Or the Dreamtime narratives like the Rainbow Serpent, and you will be familiar with that, part of the stuff of creation. And animal, in fact, which is significant in indigenous um, dream time. Uh, but this rainbow serpent created more life, as in of the same kind, for the world. Does this really matter? It kind of does. I'm going to give you a couple of quotes. The first one is from Werner Jaeger on the difference between Christian, the Christian God and pagan gods. And he particularly is taking up Greece and the Greek and Hebrew uh, are gods, but Christian and pagan or Judeo-Christian and pagan. He says this, Logos is God the creator who is stationed outside the world and brings that world into existence. And as Christians will know, ex nihilo, out of nothing brings that universe into existence by his own personal fiat, or his own personal command. The Greek gods, says Werner, in other words, the pagan gods, are stationed inside the world. They are descended from heaven and earth. They are generated by the mighty power of Eros, who likewise belongs within the world as an all-engendering spiritual, uh, all-engendering primitive force. So there's this force of spirituality, which is also of the stuff of the world and creation called Eros. This is what Professor John Lennox, who many of you will respect, says. He says the key statement here, he's talking about Werner's comments, the key statement here is the Greek gods are stationed inside the world. We should not think that the only difference between Hebrew and Greek worldview, in other words, Judeo-Christian and pagan worldview, is that the Hebrews reduce the number of gods to one. Hebrew monotheism is not a slimmed down version of pagan polytheism. The god of the Hebrews is outside the world. This is an absolute difference in category, not a mere difference in degree. It it is also why, as we have already noted, the God of the Hebrews gives meaning to the world, whereas the pagan gods do not. In fact, they cannot. The meaning of the system will not be found inside the system. Professor Lennox says, look, to identify whether something is paganism, you need to have, to start with, five key things. One, matter is eternal and it existed before the gods. Two, in its basic state, matter was formless, unorganized and boundless chaos. Three, some god imposed order and form on the basic stuff of the universe and the process and this process is what is meant by creation for even this god like all others arose out of the original matter and is part of the stuff or one of the forces of the universe five everything in the universe emanates out of this god like sunbeams out of the sun and so in some sense everything is god notice that last point in some sense Everything is God. The mighty power, for example, of Eros runs through it all. This primitive, animating life force, this spiritual pulse. Um, well, the indigenous Dreamtime belief uh, has a very similar thing. In that system of belief, the land is in some sense like Eros. It is the spiritual empowering, the spiritual pulse, which has its origin inside creation, in the bowels of the land itself, right? Right from within the heart of creation. It's an all-engendering primitive force of the divine. It is the animating power 
of spirits, of ancestors, of people, of, of animals, and it's a very animistic belief, uh, ancestors, and that's why we acknowledge them now, because it's all part of this spiritual force of the land, which continues in perpetuity, and descendants that are yet to spring from it, that's why we acknowledge them now. And in the indigenous system, Uluru is the most sacred land of all. It's the sacred central nervous system of this spirituality. Uh, and geological arteries, if you like, are, are believed to spread across the land from Uluru, taking this spirit force from the heart of the nation, if you like, or the heart of the land. It is a pagan system with the land at its core. It also encompasses, as I said, animism uh, with animal beings like the rainbow serpent taking on a godlike quality. And these two come from where? The land. Um, and animal spirits are closely tied to witch doctoring. And it gets quite freaky, actually, and spooky when you get into some of that stuff. Uh, these are bound up with the life force of the land. And, you know, land forms are always named after animals and things like that. It's all, it's all the god of the stuff. You know, the god is in the universe, it's in the land and that which is birthed from it. The moral of the story is, here we have classic paganism. God is stuff. God is not outside the system. In a sense, everything is God. The all-engendering primitive force emanates from the land itself. That is the backdrop, see, and I go through all that theory to say that is the backdrop from which welcome to country emerges, or it is the context in which it comes up as a thing, right? And you say, well, all right, is it really a big deal? It kind of is, you know, and this is what I've had to grapple with. It actually is a big deal, and I can't get around that. First of all, because paganism actually is, in a sense, real. These spirits are real. They're very real. They're just not good. Um, second, the first commandment was given by the Hebrew God, as we've been reading, or the, the one true God, the creator of heavens and earth, who made things at ex nihilo, out of nothing. Uh, he gave a first commandment to his people in a particular context, before I get to that commandment, and the context was that his people were surrounded by exactly the same category of belief system, the pagan nations all around them. And the whole point, continually made and continually established through their laws and practices was this, separate yourselves, don't touch that stuff, be pure, be sanctified from it, set yourselves apart. As it says, be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. In other words, pure and separated. And this is what God says when he gives the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or, any, notice the language here, a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth a likeness of something that is part of the stuff of creation, right? You shall not bow down to them. You shall not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. It's serious, right? Uh, or in Romans 1, this pagan spirituality is singled out as, quote unquote, the lie, which is contrasted with the truth about God. It says, quote, they exchanged the glory of the immortal God, the one who's transcendent, the creator, for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. They exchanged it for the stuff of creation. I think we've been generally um, slow, and I speak for myself, uh, to catch on to the spiritual issues that are going to be at play uh, in this whole Indigenous recognition stuff. Many Indigenous cultural practices are intrinsically spiritual, and some are obvious and overt, like I mentioned some of them at the start, and we're even seeing a real rise in those. Some not so obvious, and I accept uh, that welcome to country is in the not so obvious category. But personally, I am left with enough doubt 
given all that context and more than enough warnings from Scripture to play it safe and to make a decision that I will avoid doing it. Uh, And I'm left with an answer as to why in my own spirit I was troubled when I heard it done. And I have heard that from many Christians who say they're just not comfortable. And maybe this is why. Briefly, some footnotes that I really do need to add. One, three of them. One, people will say, are they not Christian versions of welcome to country? Yes, there are. I'm not going to go through all the Christian versions out there and say whether one is completely free of ideology or whether one's completely pure. I'm not going to do that. There are versions, and I accept that there are statements out there that people use that replace welcome to country that are pretty good statements. Okay, I'm not going to go into all of that. What I'm talking about here is the practice as people are encountering it in the public squares, in their work, in their play, in their studies, and so forth. That's what I've been asked about. Um, Churches will have their own ways of dealing with this. Personally, I'd rather just not, because I just feel like it's not coming from a good, for a good reason from the very beginning. But that's me, and I'm not going to get too involved in what churches are trying to do to, to, to make a, a, better, a better way of dealing with this. Two, someone's going to say to me, wasn't Adam from the land? Uh, dust you are, and to dust you shall return, said God. Now, that is, that's, he did say that, but importantly, what did he mean by it? He meant that Adam was a finite creature and he was going to return to dust and that would be the end of his physical body. He wasn't being spiritually, spiritually reunited with dust to continue in perpetuity as part of this, you know, in this, this, this spirit realm and force of the world. No, no, God made his spirit ex nihilo out of nothing and God required it back when he died. You notice when God is outside the system, it changes everything. Don't be deceived when people come up to you with verses like that that sound like, ooh, this is a little bit of paganism. No, it is not. It's completely different because the nature of God is different. Three, and finally, people say, and someone did say this to me, why can't you just be nice? You know, this is important to some people. Why can't you just say it? My answer to that is actually, I am being nice. If we define nice as acting in people's best interests, because affirming paganism or entangling oneself in false spirituality is not in anyone's best interests. And by the way, Acting for the good of others is the biblical definition of love, which is actually a Christian virtue. Niceness is not, right? Nice is not a fruit of the Spirit. We're here to do what is best and right for everybody. And on that definition, we need to find the truth about these things and act accordingly. Finally, I do want to suggest this um, because I really do believe it. And I know of a couple of organizations that are doing great work here, which I won't mention because next they'll get a journalist shoving a microphone in their face to ask if they agree with me. And they probably don't anyway. Uh, But I just want to suggest that there are organizations doing practical charity, uh, economic empowerment work, uh, and Christian organizations doing evangelism, discipleship, and charity and so forth in indigenous communities. And they are very much worth supporting because they are doing a lot of good, a lot of good, and frankly, are likely to achieve far more good than the sorts of platitudes that we're now asked to make over dinner, like welcome to country. I'm Martin Niles, and that was The Truth About it.